I'm Emma G. Rose. I'm Shell Shearer. We're indie authors. And this is Indie Book Talk. Hello and welcome back to Indie Book Talk. Today we have Stacy Lee, author of 10% of My Heart. And Stacy is here to talk to us about a very important topic to me as a person living in Maine, which is what's all the hype around these beach town stories and romances and things. So we're going to talk about that. But for now, Stacy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Oh, welcome. So you're listed as writing women's fiction. Yes. What would you consider women's fiction? I mean, why does it have to be women's fiction, I guess? So, and it's funny you say that because the more and more I do this, I I find myself leaving that out and I say I write fiction just because they happen to be stories from, I mean, mostly a woman's point of view, but they are from male point of views also. So I write fiction, <laughs> romance. There's a little bit of everything in the stories. Some of the books have historical fiction one of them has been classified as romantic comedy, romance suspense. So there's really something for everybody in there. So I've been leaning more and more towards their their fiction stories. And my readers agree. Yeah, make it more broad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you find that you have both male and female readers? Or do you think your readership skews female? I do have both. My father-in-law is one of my biggest fans. Oh, um, I love that. Yeah. He said, when I wrote my first book, he said, Stacy, your book reminded me of this book I read once called The Notebook. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> you know, the, the majority of the population of readers that I have are female, um, but but men do enjoy them also. I feel like some of those older genre categories are getting a little bit harder to both justify and write to because people's mm-hmm. interests are becoming... I don't want to say more specialized, but kind of, because like to call something women's fiction is to be like, yeah, half the population will probably like it. Like, okay. <laughs> yes. It's limiting. Um, yeah. And when I started and I wrote the first book, that was, you know, that was a dream of mine just to write one. And then I, I sort of briefly looked over genres when I'm, when I went to like list it on Amazon and, and asked women's fiction. And then for, you know, about a year, I said, I write that. And now the more and more I talk on shows like this, or I network with people, I'm realizing that it's, it's fiction with sub genres of other types of fiction within. Yeah, like Emma said, I think most books are edging more that way. We can't dovetail them into these like, little areas anymore. We, we encompass a lot of things in the book. So they're not always working as much as they used to. Yes. But I hear we're talking of seaside towns and beaches. So tell me more. Is that where you normally base your books at? So I've written one series. So far, it consists of four books. I'm writing um, one more for that series. And yes, it takes place in York, Maine, um, the York ah. Wells, Agunquit area. Um, it's a very special area to my family, the Nubble Lighthouse is the biggest focus. It's called the Nubble Light series. Nice. Yeah. So is this like people who live in that area or are we talking like lighthouse managers? So the lighthouse, each each book in the series has its own story. So the books aren't a continuation um, one to the other to the other. 
they each have their own story. But what the books have in common, the Nubble Lighthouse serves as the setting. Over decades, the action toggles back and forth from a fictional cottage that I created called the Anderson Cottage, the Nubble Lighthouse, the piano bar that's in York, that's now the sand, the sand dollar. So the setting is what's what the books have in common. And this whole world I've sort of created of fictional characters that live in that town. They either grew up and moved away or they ended up there one way or another, but the setting is what they all have in common. Neat. And how far back does that go historically? To the 40s. Yeah, the first book goes all the way back to the 40s. And then the second book, the action toggles back from present day to, I would say, the late 60s. And then the third book, the same with the action going back to the late 50s. So it's neat because you see the characters in different times of their lives. Like in the third book, you'll see one of the characters back in the 50s that's from the first book. Nice. Oh, interesting. Okay, so you intertwine them. Yes, it's almost it's similar to the show This Is Us, how the flashbacks go in, in different orders. So it's fun. I have a lot of fun writing them. You have more scheduled? Yes. Yep, I'm working on the fifth book now. And then the sixth book is going to be in the future. And it's going to be set in 2062. Yeah. And somebody's going to be ahead in a jar. No, sorry. It's a, it's a second book, the second book does go to the future a little bit. Yeah. Interesting. But then the, future okay. the second book ends up being like the action in the fourth book. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's neat if you see it out on like a whiteboard or a spreadsheet. <laughs> She's that a sounds planner, like a planner. She? <laughs> She's a planner. Yeah, absolutely. We're like, who are the characters in my book? I don't know. Hold on. We'll get to that. <laughs> I'll figure it out. There's lots of them. <laughs> yeah. I'm finding myself in a conundrum now because I'm thinking about turning one of my books into a series. And so now I'm like, ah, ah, I have to do all that like mapping out ahead of time because I can't say something in the later book that wasn't true in the first. <sighs> yeah. I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> That's that's one of the the challenging parts is you have to make sure that everything lines up correctly because my readers notice they oh, yes. that they're very um the characters are very special to them they a lot of them say they're like friends oh. so they'll like when they're reading one of the books and then characters from another book pop in and they they'll say oh I feel like I saw my friends oh yeah. so I haven't actually announced that I'm stopping at the fifth so that's <gasps> Yeah. You heard it here first. (laughs) Or maybe it'll be like Sherlock Holmes and there'll be such an outcry that you have no choice but to go back and keep writing this series. You'll have to go back to when they're constructing the lighthouse, eventually in time when it falls down. (laughs) Yeah, that's just it. There's so much I can do. I'm working with a TV producer. We're planning it out. Um, nothing has been signed or anything like that, but I'm working with a TV producer to turn it into a potential TV series. So the well, first- I think we need to delve into that a little bit. <laughs> it just casually drops like, oh, by the way, yeah, my producer and I are just chatting. You know, it's, it's nothing. It's nothing. Let's talk about something else. Yeah, it's nothing. I haven't signed anything, but it's been so much fun. And the first five books would be five seasons is the plan. So how did that start? Did you reach out? Did someone reach out to you? I mean, how, yeah. how did that happen? 
Great question. So when I first wrote The 100th Time Around, that's the first book in the Nubbleite series, I started networking with a company called Books Cribs. Alan Redwing kind of started collaborating with me. Uh, he ran my book through his platform, and that tells you, it gives you a score, and it tells you um, not if it's a good book or anything, it tells you if it would make a good movie. And it breaks it down for producers. This is what they look at now. They look at the algorithms. Uh, Interesting. It budget. It talks um, movies that have been similar. And Alan worked with me, and I learned how to write a screenplay. So I wrote the screenplay for the first book. And then after working with him for about a year, he put me in front of Rocky Lang, which is the TV producer that I've been speaking with. Mm -hmm. So we're putting together a sizzle reel for it, which is so fun. It's like a movie trailer, but that's what I'm working on right now. So how does the sizzle reel work? I mean, do you get temporary actors? I've been connected with a gentleman who does the sizzle reel. So I'm writing the script for the sizzle reel with dialogue that I'd like to see in there mm-hmm. and different things that I would like to see in there. And then that's what we put in front of other producers if if I don't end up working with this one. What fun. Yeah, it's, <laughs> fun. it's so fun. It's all just, it's really, it, it's what I've always wanted to do. So it's. Really oh, so good. that's, that's where you wanted to go. Okay. Yeah. Do yeah. you have to write like query letters for your sizzle reel? Like, like, dear producer, I have a sizzle reel I would like to send you. Or do you just like <laughs> send them the thing like, you know, back in the day when you'd yeah. go to a concert and you'd like slip your CD to some or, or tape to some, you know, poor band that like doesn't want it? How does yeah. that work? I mean, I don't know yet. Okay. Uh, okay. From what we I expect follow up on this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what I've learned so far is it's it's all networking. The people Mm. that I've met while doing this, it's just one Mm -hmm. person leads to the next person who leads to the next person. And that's fun in itself, the networking piece. But I'm in good hands with Alan and his company. He's been a real blessing. Cool. Maybe we should get Alan on the show. Oh, (laughs) great. (laughs) Dear Alan, Stacey says you should come on our show. Thank you. I'm writing a lot of imaginary emails today. I don't know if anyone's noticed. <laughs> I, okay, so uh, you completely sidetracked me with sorry. the TV producer algorithm thing. No, no, no you, don't be please sorry. Do not apologize. Was- <laughs> this is a podcast built on being sidetracked. That's what we do. This it is, is our thing. We have this podcast so that you can procrastinate writing. I mean, learn about writing. <laughs> um, and along the way, we explore and we find all kinds of interesting things. But I want to bring us back because... I want to talk about the central question that that brought you to the show, or at least had me say, yes, we want her on the show, which is, what is the deal with these coastal beach town stories? Like, why do you think they resonate so much with people, even people who don't, maybe especially people who don't live in those places? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I have a reason as to why I wrote them, but as far as why people like to read them... I think it just comes down to that that small, quaint beach town feel with all the history. And there's so much history in York. And the more I research and I join these Facebook pages, the like the main historical like York Facebook group, like they, everyone cares so much. They just care so much about their history and they just they preserve it. Do you know what I mean? Like I mm-hmm. like writing about the Nubble Lighthouse 
because it, it's looked the same since mm-hmm. it's the same lighthouse as it was in the 40s. You can look at a black and white picture of the Nubble and then one from yesterday. And the difference really would be the kind of car that's in front of the lighthouse. And I just find that so fascinating. What an awesome scene in the in the show. I can I can see it. Like that mm-hmm. sepia fade. And then, yep. suddenly, you know, there's like this old Ford in front of it. And then suddenly it's like a new something. I don't know. Oh, that's that so would be good. good. Yeah. So it's it, it makes it fun. And then the fictional cottage that I created, it's called the Anderson Cottage. It has three floors. And over the years, the different people that that live on each floor, they're all connected. So I think sometimes, you know, especially when you really want to get to the heart of a story or like the value of a message that you want to send your reader, having a setting that's simple mm-hmm. and not so overwhelming helps it helps for them to just paint that picture in their mind and not overcomplicate it. Mm-hmm. And then they can go there. Like I have so many readers that will send me pictures of them in front of the lighthouse and then they go to the piano That's nice. bar. They stay at the Union Bluff Hotel and they're like, I walked around and read your book and <laughs> when I was there. So it's just, it's really nice. Someday they're going to so, have Stacey Lee tours like they have Stephen King tours here in Bangor. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Sexy> city tour. <laughs> So I know a lot of people tend to not put real places. Are you having any feedback on you're not portraying the real places the way people want it portrayed or any Um, feedback on that? Not yet. I feel like I'm doing it in a way where I am staying true to what's real. Mm -hmm. So the Union Bluff Hotel, the piano bar, different buildings that used to be roller skating rinks. Long Sands Beach, Short Sands Beach, The Nubble. I'm very specific and detail-oriented, and I portray it in a very positive way. I would never write that, like, I didn't have a good experience at that restaurant. or that. I'm always making sure it's positive. But then I also am really quick to make, make things up. So I have restaurants that don't really exist, cottages. Mm-hmm. You know, the cottage that inspired me is on a different beach. So I tell people, no, you have to pick up that gray cottage and you have to move it, <laughs> move it from short sands to long sands and then cross the street and drop it. <laughs> yeah. So what do you do when the real places change names? Do you update them in your next book? Yes. Or, okay. So you actually follow along with what their names are at that time. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, And I did some research, too, on, like, family names in the area, and I did use similar names to, like, families that, you know, historically lived in the town. So I tried – I spend a lot of time there, and I actually – I've made friends with – there's a server at one of the restaurants, and she gave me a book, and it's, like, this thick, and it's the history of York, and it it even had, like, a book cover on it. (laughs) She's like, it's so special to me. It's so important to me. It was my grandmother's, but you can borrow it. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody touched this book, but that helped me a lot, especially when I wrote about the 40s. Yeah. Do you feel like the lighthouse is, like, almost a character in the book? Does it play that big of a role or is it really just a background setting? Oh, that I've never thought of it that way, but yes. Yeah, I would definitely consider it a character. It has it has a very strong presence. And one of the most inspiring things for me about the lighthouse is it's so small, but it feels big. It has a big presence. It it sits up on this hill and 
Um, so many different things happen in that one spot in front of the lighthouse in my stories and in my past book, you know, the character reflects because the character, one of the characters, Sean, in the first book, he's a writer and he has writer's block. And after the first book, because of what unfolded for him, he's now inspired. So mm-hmm. by the third book, he's written three books and my books are his books. <laughs> and by the third book, he has a podcast for writers. Um, well, so apparently I need to move to York <laughs> yeah. is what she's saying. <laughs> when the characters reflect, she goes, I'm seeing you know, she is a big, big moment approaching. And she goes, this is the same place that, you know, these two characters stood in the 40s. And, and she reflects and she says, I hope that my my story ends well. Aw. Yeah. I love it. It just sounds so both cozy and like intertwined. I feel like you could just settle into this place for a while. Yes. Uh, Which I think is another reason why it well liked. Every time you think of like a beach or a cozy town, you immediately think relaxation and vacation. And even if there's drama and stuff, you're still getting away from your day to day thing. and You're going to a new lovely place. Yeah. I love that my books are an escape for people. When people tell me that, I'm just like, that's worth more than like book sales to me. When they say that they feel like the characters are their friends and when they tell me that it was an escape, I'm just like, oh, that's so good. Because they're quick reads. They've been referred to as novel lights and people tell me they're page turners. So it's a nice book to like get it. They're at the bookstores in York and Wells and the Gunkwit and people actually sit on the beach and read them and- Oh, it's fun. (laughs) It's fun to hear that they got that experience. That's awesome. Have you ever been to the Lighthouse Museum here in Maine? I have not. You should. It's very cool. Yes. It's, uh, you know, they have the the lenses and all the things and all the history of the different lighthouse minders. Because, of course, Maine has a ton of lighthouses Uh because we have a ton of rocky coast. And so there's like a lighthouse every three feet, it feels like. That's not really true. But there's a lot of them. My mom has a map and there's like a million of them on this map. But yeah, you should totally go. It's in Rockland, pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to do that this summer. Yeah. And, you know, they have their own lighthouse. (laughs) Are any of your characters lighthouse keepers? Not yet. Okay. (laughs) But that's... (laughs) Yeah, that could be fun. I when I was brainstorming the first book, that that was on my list, but it didn't make it. Oh, I'm pretty sure there's one in Maine you can stay in. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> of course you know that. There's a really cool one in New York you can stay in as well. <gasps> this is my first um, podcast that I'm doing um, that's local. Usually I'm explaining to people where Maine is. (laughs) No, I know. I've been to York, Anagunqua, and all those places. I've seen the lighthouse. I have it in my head. It's a vision. Uh, I too have seen it. So we are your people. We are your people. Very nice. (laughs) So before everyone goes to Google what lighthouses look like, because that's a fun game, tell us where they can find you on the internet. Yeah. So I have a website. It's stacyleeauthor.com. S-T-A-C-Y-L-E-E, author.com. And there's links to my books on that site. I'm on Amazon, iBooks, Barnes & Noble. And then my audiobooks for the first three are available on Audible or Apple. And the fourth one will be out soon. Great. Okay. And what about social medias? 
Stacy Lee Author is my easy. Instagram and Facebook. Okay. Nice and easy. Yes. All right. So everyone go follow Stacy. Hopefully I'm, I'm just envisioning like lots of pictures of, of lighthouses and coastal things. That's what I'm hoping is there. I don't know that because I haven't looked yet, but keep an eye out for what may become a TV show. And if it, when you get there, let us know. We'll have you back on the show. Absolutely. And yeah, good luck with book five. Yes. Five. Yeah. yeah. Great. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you.